Welcome to the third edition or the third episode of the Ducks on the Pond podcast. Uh, this week we will be going over Hall of Fame balloting. Um, we'll be going over players that are t- uh, doing their last season uh, with their original starting team and our thoughts on that. We're going to do 2023 playoff predictions at this point in the season. Um, and the last topic is uh, baseball following uh, and how we can get more followers and uh, get more fans to join Major League Baseball um, and get more into the sport. Um, with us, we have Justin. Justin, what do we have going on this week? Um, just so everybody knows, this is a non-sponsored background. I just thought it was hilarious. Correa and all three of his glory jerseys for this year. Um, no, just living it up on TikTok at Justin dot pp on tiktok if you want to give me a follow other than that that's it charlie what we got going on this week for you not much just uh nervously anticipating the the vikings game um so we'll we'll see what happens with that i i, I think we're gonna lose but you know we'll see who are they playing this week at the giants the giants you got kurt Duggins. he's got good record against him yeah we'll see <laughs> He can tell he's nervous. Phil, what do you yeah. got going on this week? Not a lot, man. Just uh, spent all day yesterday watching the uh, Packers game. It just never came on. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie likes that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll start with our uh, first topic. So Andrew McCutcheon signs a one-year deal with the Pirates. How do we feel about players who sign a one-year deal with a team that they started with? And what are the pros and cons for the team and the player? Thoughts on this one? Uh, I'll start off on this one. Uh, being my topic, and then we'll kind of go around and see what you guys think. Uh, For me, it depends on the team picking up the player. For example, the Pirates probably or most likely aren't going to compete for a spot in 2023. So this move, to me, for this specific example, has minimal effect on the team. It's more more just for that nostalgic feel to get them back on the team to end their career uh, that they started with. Another thing to consider is how much is left in the tank for the player, Pujols, and – Last season had 24 home runs and 68 RBIs. Even though he wasn't a prime contributor on that team, he also didn't hurt him either. You know, so that's another way to look at it is the guy that you're taking in, are are they still producing um, or are they at the tail end of their career? Uh, Another way to look at it is veterans finishing their career with the team they came up with. They should provide a veteran presence for maybe a younger team who's struggling or trying to mature. Uh, In some cases, they can provide a veteran uh, playoff presence uh, or coming off the bench for a playoff contender. I have no problem with signing a player to a one-year contract at the end of their career as long as they're not taking a spot from someone who's more deserving or it's not hurting someone's growth or affecting the timeline of an up-and-coming player. Uh, If that's the case, you can also have that veteran player sign a one-day contract so they can retire with the team. This was the case for my White Sox with uh, Frank Thomas. They ended up just signing him to a one-day contract so he would be able to retire with the White Sox. Um, Charlie, thoughts on the one-year contracts and players in baseball signing them to end their career? Uh, I'll add on to what you were saying. Um, uh, With the veteran presence, also some players after they retire will then stay with the team, uh, you know, as a kind of a veteran coach or something like that. Like if you look at Torrey Hunter with the Twins, came back, did his reunion tour with the Twins, and now is still in kind of the Twins. I think now he's in broadcasting, but also kind of contributes to the team, you know, kind of helps out where where he can. 
Um, so players like that, but also for the fans, I know, you know, like, it's just really fun to, you know, the guy that you really loved watching, like if, if some of my favorite Astros, like George Springer, after he was done with the Blue Jays, done with his career, came back, did a victory lap with the Astros. I'd love to see that. It brings more fans to the games. It sells more uniforms for, you know, in the, in the, the stores, you know, I think it's kind of a win-win all around. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree. Bill, what are thoughts on thoughts on these one year contracts with these veterans uh, going back to the teams they originally played for? I mean, I, I think they're fine. You got to look at it for what it is, right? It's it's a tool for the team to market that player. You know, usually it's a fan favorite, so it's a way to draw attendance. You know, bring people into the stadium to watch their favorite player of old come back and, and play again. And, and I, I would agree with what you said. You know, as a Cardinals fan, I wouldn't have been okay with Pujols coming back until the DH was added, right? That's perfect for him. He He's not going to play first base. You know, he's not going to take a roster spot of somebody else, but he's a, a veteran bat that can come off the bench and, you know, look and look at what happened, right? So I think it can work well for the player and the team. Sometimes it gives them a little spark and lets them finish on a high note. But uh, overall, I'd say it's really it's for the fans and it's it's for the team to, you know, garner some additional attention. Yeah, I just feel like uh, I'd like to see the numbers in attendance for teams. You know what I mean? If they had any up in attendance after, you know, even maybe like look at the Pirates after this, you know, this next year to see if they maybe had a boost in attendance. Uh, I, I think it would be wrong to look at the A's because you have to draw attendance. <laughs> to be able to pull numbers, <laughs> kind of a low blow. Uh, Justin, thoughts? Um, I mean, yeah, I think we're pretty much all in agreement here. It's, it's, it's mostly just you know fan service. But at the same time, when you had a career like McCutcheon did when he was in Pittsburgh, you got to have that player come back. Same thing, you know, with Pujols. He, nobody wanted to see Pujols retire an Angel. You know, nobody wanted that. Um, it just really, yeah, it just really depends on how what kind of career they had with that. And like Rick said too. As long as they're not taking an like a, a huge amount of money away from other players just for a one year contract, you know. But uh, but yeah, as long as they're not like you said, just taking it, taking other people's spots, taking other people's money, you know, all they're going to do is benefit the team in the long run with that veteran presence as well. I mean, especially if they're MVP winners with that with that specific team, you, you should probably they should probably come back for a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think Phil just makes a great point on that one. I mean, you bring back pool holes uh, with the DH and baseball doesn't change that. He might not go back to the Cardinals or he might sign that one day contract. I mean, no matter what, I believed he was going to hit that milestone regardless. But like Phil said, the chances were increased once they announced the DH. And like I said, he wasn't the main contributor of that team, but he definitely contributed to that team. And I hadn't, I, I thought it was one of the best moments was watching him give that speech in the locker room after, I don't know if it was after making the playoffs or the first game of the playoffs, but hearing him talk about like the group dynamic and all that and him closing out his career, making the playoffs was one of those feel good moments of 2023. Um. The next topic we're going to go over is what can baseball do to grow its following? Uh, and what do you think of the moves that they have done recently to grow that following? Uh, let's start off with, this is Charlie's topic, but let's start off with Phil on this one and see what Phil thinks about how they can grow their following and the the moves that they've done already to try to grow that following. I mean, um, I, I think it's got to be like grassroots. You know, I think that's the thing that's lacking Major League Baseball has gotten so high end 
that it's not necessarily easily accessible for everybody. So the more you can make it accessible, I feel like the the more the fandom will grow and, and appreciate the product on the field. Um, you know, some of the moves they've made have, have done good and in, in is making teams more in contention throughout the course of the year, right? You, you expand the playoffs. You now have teams that would have been out of it come August, and now they're fighting through September just to try to get one of those extra spots. So that's good. Um, you know, they, they are, they do very well, you know, on, um, online, their online presence is great. MLB network has, has grown by leaps and bounds, but again, I feel like that's a little bit of a, of a paywall that makes it difficult for everybody to enjoy. I just think back to being a kid, you know, you can turn on the TV, um, or the radio and watch and listen to all different types of games. You know, you, you had your, your local games you could watch on just antenna TV, um, you're able to, if you had cable, you were watching the Cubs and the Braves all the time. So you got to see a lot of other teams and players that you might not have normally seen. And and I feel like that's something that needs to come back. Um, just, just again, making it easy for everybody. You log on to YouTube and, and watch games or do something like that that can just really, obviously, uh, TikTok is an area for for growth and improvement if you want to get the attention of, of younger fans out there. And, and I feel that's what's lacking is the younger fans. You know, the older fans have been in it for so long, they'll follow and watch anything. So I kind of, that's, that's my thought on it. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great point. And um, I just, I, I believe a lot to the Cubs fandom is the fact that they were nationally televised. I, I feel like that's why there's so many fans across the country who are Cubs fans is because they, everybody could watch them and they were easily accessible. So you have Cubs fans everywhere. If you've ever been to other stadiums, I mean, you, you definitely see a plethora of Cubs fans in the, uh, at those games. Justin thoughts. Yeah. Um, no, it was a good point. I didn't even think about the, the I didn't think about the kids. No, that's great. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that how they can really grow their following is, you know, talking to people, me and Rick talk to people all the time, Charlie too at work. I'm sure Phil does too. Uh, the people who don't like baseball, the first thing they say is, oh, the games take so long. Obviously, you know, they, they've got to cut, they've got to cut how long it takes to watch a game. And I, and, I, and that's what they're trying to do with the pitch clock and all that. To understand that because I mean even if you have a good game going let's say it's a 2-2 game that game's three hours long almost that's no one's got that attention span to sit down and watch tv like that if you're not already a fan now being at the game that's completely different that's a whole experience at home you don't have that so if there's a way to bring that experience to the home as well that would be great too and I think that's up to more than baseball it's up to your parents but yeah at the same time um but no um so the other thing I had is also adjusting the equipment. I This is a really big hot take that I have, that ball, the whole ball situation, what they did with the Aaron Judge game, the, you, you know, uh, the Field of Dream games. They, it worked. You know, that worked because last, that Field of Dreams game was the most watched game in 16 years. You know, so that that's working. I hate, like, I hate to say it, but those kind of games, those national televised games or like the the pay-per-view games, you would say, those have to have some some sort of extra. You need something more than just a normal baseball game. There has to be something more to keep people back. Um, but um, yeah, all of, I say yeah. They all the only thing other thing I can think of is just exactly what 
they did to Atlanta from that situation of that kind of movement with the all-star game, that's not the kind of movement that's going to keep fans either. So they have to find a good middle ground with everyone. And that's the problem. There's going to be those purists. There's going to be politics are going to come into the game as well. There's going to be everything else. And it's, I think it'll be extremely hard for them to move forward with a lot of those because of politics, because of purists, because of people who don't know baseball. Um, so it's just a tricky one for them. But I think I think the ball situation, I think, is a good one. And then, you know, more games like the Field of Dreams. Maybe do a couple couple of those games instead of just one a year. So, but that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, there's potential. There, I mean, I believe that there's still some historic ballparks that they could go to or maybe some just ballparks out there, you know, just different places that are kind of a deviation that draw interest or maybe have some sort of nostalgic feel um and do more and just test that out so i do agree with you and by the way if we could create a ballpark ballpark experience at home and i could get a ballpark dog scent or bacon on a stick to my house i'm all for it so i agree with you on that one justin that's a that's a really good take uh charlie you're next will how are you growing baseball's following so i've got a bunch kind of to go off of phil's the for me one of the one of the biggest blunders the mlb has done is the the blackout areas in baseball um if you live in iowa i think it's like six teams you can't watch um unless you have like a the like local cable package which is like hundreds of dollars a month or whatever and it just makes it where it just makes it hard to watch baseball games and either that means people are pirating baseball games which obviously isn't good or they're just giving up and saying i'm not i guess i'm not watching baseball anymore and so that to me is is a big tragedy um uh my pirate had for pirating although (laughs) i failed because nobody could see it um so that that to me is the biggest one um to go off of justin i think there's some fun things that they could do throughout the regular season to to include so like i said like he was saying even with the aaron judge you know they were, I don't remember what sport, but they were, they were split screening two sports with Aaron Judge at bats and then whatever other sport was going on just because it was such a cool moment. And so like, you know, um, you know, stuff like that, you know, maybe, maybe the juice balls, maybe that helps a little bit. Um, I also think maybe expanding a little bit more internationally, like maybe, you know, the NFL has so many games overseas. Maybe, maybe we try something like that in the MLB, um, you know, maybe have uh, a series in, in Europe um, or, you know, something like that. Um, and my biggest one, and this might be a pretty big hot take, but I think the MLB needs to implement a salary cap. Um, if you're, if you, if your team doesn't have the money, your team's not going to be as competitive every year. If your team's like the Oakland athletics and they don't spend any money because they don't have any money, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to see the playoffs very often versus like the Yankees are always going to be in the playoffs. So I think a salary cap kind of levels the playing field to an extent. Um, and then you're going to see teams that you don't see in the playoffs very often in the playoffs a lot more. And I think that'll, you know, it'll, it'll make it so you're not seeing the Dodgers and the Yankees every year in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I think it would bring more teams into the spotlight and bring more fans of those teams I guess more into baseball and that, and that would kind of grow it. 
Let's go to real quick before I do my take on this. Justin and Phil, uh, thoughts on a salary cap for baseball. I think I'm talking to you about this, Phil, and you you felt a certain way about it. I mean, I, you need to have one. The reality of it is not going to happen. The owners would never agree to it. Um, but in theory, I think it's great. It's, it's why the NFL – it's one of the reasons the NFL is so popular, right? I, I mean, your team – any three-year period can be in the playoffs, right? So um, I would love to see that for a lot of fans when it comes to baseball because you know, there's too many teams out there where you've got you've been a fan your whole life and you get to see like one playoff series. So it would be fantastic for the fans. I just don't see it happening. Justin, any thoughts on the oh. cap? Even if it's just a quick one, just no, just no, no. Like so, I get. Ask like, the Mets fan about the salary cap. No, 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 no. Look at him. He's hating um, it. No, He's it hating needs, it right now. It needs to happen. It needs to happen, and I understand why. But at the same time, it's not uh, It's not the owner's team's fault that the other teams won't spend any money. That's that's not their problem. You know what I mean? Like It's a business. Your business isn't spending money. Your business isn't going to be successful. That's just how it is. But, yes, I do agree there needs to be a salary cap at the same time because – it, hey, we're under a billion now. Well under a billion, thank God. Uh, so, um, so yeah, that I get it. But at the same time, if your team need, if your if your team cares about the fans, they'll spend money. That's how I feel about it. But there you go. Good take. All right, now on to Rick's seven step plan: how to grow uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, first of all, I think it needs to market better to its individual star players. Um, they need more of a presence on social media because that's where uh, players are going to be more accessible and visible to the younger generation because it's the younger generation, as you guys stated, that needs to grow the game. Um, and that's, like I said, just getting them more visible and out there and reachable, I, I think, would be one of the first steps. I think games need to be made affordable. I know there's inflation and the rising cost of everything out there, but do more promotions and group deals that will bring people into the ballpark. You bring more people into the ballpark and you become a fan. You're like, this is great. We're here. I look at this. I love baseball. I understand it. And you may get more people to go out to games. Um, Listen to the output of your fans, conduct surveys, find out why they're not attending. Like, why are they not coming? Is it, if fans are saying it's too expensive, make it, make it more affordable. If they say it's too long, shorten the game. If they say it's boring, find ways to reinvent it without changing it completely. Um, As far as the changes that they've already done, I like the idea of mound visits. I think there was way too many and way too many pitching changes. But I also believe that replays are both good and bad because replays really become boring. And I feel like, when there's a replay, sometimes it can take up to, I've seen ones where I've done uh, daily moments for my TikTok channel. And it, I did one a couple of days ago where the replay lasted six minutes. I mean, for the average baseball fan, like I'm hardcore, I'll watch it. But for the average baseball fan, they're going to shut it off and switch it to something else. Just takes way too long uh, for those replays. And I like the idea of a pitch clock. I think um, with attention spans waning, uh, I do believe a pitcher shouldn't take a minute to pitch a ball. I mean, it should, if pitching's about rhythm, it should be get it, throw it, get it, throw it. Um, I think one of the under most underrated changes was the communication systems for pitchers and catchers. I think that helps protect no offense, Charlie against sign stealing. And uh, <laughs> you don't have to wait between pitches for signs. So, I mean, those are some of my thoughts and, you know, the buzzers will still work though. Yeah, and when they, <laughs> and those communication sets have to work. I mean, I see a lot of malfunctions throughout the season, uh, which did take some time and was counterproductive. 
And then my very last thing is um, one of the big changes that I really hate is they're limiting pickoff attempts in banning the shift. Um, I'm all for quickening the game, but I don't think you should be able to tell a player how often he can throw to first, especially if you have a speedy runner. The whole idea is to limit uh, that lead from the player preventing a steal. Um, and if you can't hit away from the shift, then are you a real ball player? I mean, real professional hitters should be able to hit wherever or change their approach. Um, shift <laughs> is a strategy, just like a hit and run. Would you take away hit and run from baseball? So um, that's just my thoughts. I mean, the, the changes are good. They're going in the right direction. Um, they're trying their best, but it's going to be a lot of give and take. They're They're going to try things that are going to fail. They're going to try things that work. Uh, but we're just going to have to go through those bumps in the road until we can find out how to quicken the game. Any last thoughts on this topic? This was a great one, by the way, Darlene. Um, this was a fantastic. The group deals are like perfect because you can't just, I mean, they'll give you a, a list of like some series you can buy tickets to, but like, like, you know, in August where I'm trying to go, I can't buy just like three of the four, you know, and it's just, it's just insane to me that I can't, I have to do one ring out then do another one ring out again and it's just like come on guys like let me add more than one one day to my ticket purchase now it's going yeah and mlb tv i mean you you can make games like do more free weeks during the season to get more more people more free games. um yeah. you, you can include like tablets and devices at stadiums too and be like how's your experience going you know cleanliness friendliness you know, is there anything just getting a lot of that input? It's all about data nowadays. So you need to find out why people aren't going as often or why they, you know, why they aren't going out to the ballpark, more money, more revenue, more fans. So yeah. um, next on is Justin's topic, which is 2023 playoff predictions. As we come closer and closer to the end of uh, free agency before pitchers and catchers report, uh, who do we think wins the division and who wins the whole thing? Uh, let's start off with Charlie on this one since his Astros ended up winning uh, last year. We're going to go with him first. So I, I made like a full bracket here of who I've got. So, um, I'll just go like one through six seeds for the American League first. Um, it's pretty similar to last year, but I've got a couple couple teams that snuck in there. So I've got one Astros. I mean, nobody's yeah nobody's topped them yet. They've got Somebody's got to show that they're better. Um, two, I've got the Yankees, same thing. I mean, nobody in that division, they need to prove themselves before, you know, some, before I take them off that list. Um, three, I've got the twins sneaking into the, to win their division. Um, I think, I think they've made a couple big moves this off season. Um, I think they've still got some young talent. So I've got them at the three, four, I've got the Mariners. Um, I think they, I think they continue their winning ways. Uh, five, I've got the Blue Jays. I think they they stick up. They've got they've got uh, some new signings they've made, um, so I think they get to five. And the number six, I've got the Rangers. Um, I think that they sneak into that six spot. So, so it's Mariners, Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays take that series, get revenge for last year. Um, Twins, Rangers. I think the Twins again fail to win a postseason game, and the Rangers win. Um, I think the Astros and Yankees both take care of business, get a rematch in the championship series and then the Astros continue to own the Yankees. Uh, <laughs> Good. Uh, uh, National league. I had, I just, I didn't see another team sneaking in from the teams we had last year. I had the exact same teams, a little bit different order, but I just didn't see Cubs, Brewers, 
San Fran. I just didn't see any of those teams sneaking in. Um, so I've got Dodgers one again, same thing. Nobody's, you know, somebody's got to prove they're better than the Dodgers. I've got the Mets at two. Uh, and then St. Louis went in their division again at three. Four, I've got San Diego. I think that they are going to have another great season. Five, I've got it Philly. And six, Atlanta. Um, I've got San Diego beating Philly and Atlanta beating St. Louis. Uh, and then I've got Atlanta beating the Mets and San Diego beating the Dodgers again. And then I've got San Diego taking, beating Atlanta, Astros, Padres World Series, and Astros winning. You say Padres World Series? Astros Padres, yep. Um, I'll go next. Yeah, so who, are your, who are your three uh, wild card teams on each side? Uh, wild card teams, I've got uh, Mariners, Blue Jays, Rangers, and uh, Padres, Phillies, uh, Atlanta, Braves. All right, let's see how mine compares on this one. So I've got the three playoff teams I have for the American League uh, when we're talking about wild card for me in the American League. I have Yankees, Tampa, and the Rangers as mine, with the division leaders going to the Guardians, the Blue Jays, and the Astros. So I'm very close. I just think – that uh, the Blue Jays just get stronger. Uh, I'm not very impressed with the Varsho sh- signing, but I think he helps them defensively and um, there. And they just signed Brandon Belt, which should have a little bit of an impact. You get another year out of Vlad- Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, you get Bassett. I think they did do some moves. And the Yankees, for me, I-, I don't think that they made enough moves. I mean, you get Judge again. If he can stay healthy, that's great. You get Rodon, uh, who, again, it's going to boil down to health with him. Like if you got to get a full season out of him, um, because he does uh, pitch well against um, contending teams. So, uh, in the National League, I have uh, the three wild card teams as the Mets, Braves, and Padres, and I have the division leaders as the Dodgers, Cardinals, and Phillies. So on that one, uh, dark horse teams that I think could potentially sneak into the playoffs or surprise people, I have Brewers, Cubs, White Sox. Mariners and Giants. For me, the big reason with the Mariners I didn't choose them is I I don't think that they did uh, enough on there. I just don't believe that the moves that they made are gonna are gonna you know with teams getting better in the East. Um, and I mean it's just gonna be really hard with almost every team in the East um, having a over five hundred record. I mean it's gonna uh, we've talked about it a couple different times. You might have four playoff teams come out of that. It just it's crazy. You so, said you had Tampa Bay over the Mariners? Yes, hundred percent. What do you think that what do you think Tampa Bay's done that the Mariners haven't? The winning culture, man. They just continually put up good farm system and guys that can produce. They don't even have to spend money. They just make the right moves. Um every year they compete. Like I said, for me, I it's not I mean, it's a good point that you're bringing up that they didn't do a whole lot, but they've that there's been no consistency with the Mariners. Like I said, I mean, that's the first time that they made it in 20 years. Tampa Bay has been, been competitive. Like I said, the last, what is it like four or five years with the amount of young talent and core that they have. Yeah. I mean, the Mariners are getting a full season of Luis Castillo. And I think that's going to be huge for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they picked up, uh, I'm blanking on his name, the, the outfielder from uh, the Blue Jays. Uh, Tay Oscar. They ask her Hernandez. I think he's going to be a huge part of theirs. And on top of that, they were they were already a really young team. Um, and the 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 Blue Jay or the 
the Tampa Bay lost Kevin Kiermeyer, one of their best outfielders, and I don't see who they're going to replace him with. Maybe Jose Siri, but mm-hmm. I, in my opinion, that's a downgrade. I don't know. They just they just continually surprise people with their young core. They kind of remind me um, of the Cardinals because the Cardinals constantly, you can't name anybody who's coming up through their farm system. I mean, you can if you're really into baseball, but they continually get impact from guys you never expect. Tell me, tell me a couple people who ever like Newt Bar. You know what I mean? Who was claiming that guy was going to be, you know, as good as he's been? You know, they just continually teams like the Cardinals and Tampa Bay can t- consistently produce guys that you've never heard of, um, and that come up and you're like, who is this guy? So they're they're, they're that's the reason I kind of I mean I, I definitely see where you're coming from, and that is a great point. And I'll and I, most likely I'll probably eat crow on that one, but. I feel like they literally like constantly push up guys. And like I said, the same thing for the Cardinals where they just get production from players. You've never heard people. It just, it happens all the time with those two teams. Um, And Charlie to your, I do have the Astros. I'm just going to cut out everything. I think the Astros are going to repeat. The only key loss that I saw was Verlander which for me is the one areas, one of the many areas the Astros have depth in. They have Hunter Brown coming up, and they pretty much already have McCullers, the Valdez, Garcia, Javier. I mean, you already, you're still stacked on that pitching. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, we had a six-man rotation last year, so losing one pitcher isn't going to, like, make a huge effect. And, And on top of that, like you said, there's some prospect the Astros are bringing up that could be really good. Yep, you lose Mancini and gain Abreu. Uh, you get another year with their core of Bregman, Altuve, Tucker, and Alvarez. And barring injuries or a complete collapse, they'll be the first team, I believe, to repeat since 2000. So that's mine. Uh, Phil, how about you? I mean, not a lot of changes. I'll, I'll start by saying I feel like, um, you know, the Astros are still the class of the American League, so everything has to go through Houston. You know, I look at the Yankees winning the East, uh, the Guardians winning the Central. As far as my wild card teams, um, I would say Toronto, uh, Seattle, and then the White Sox. I think they have a bounce back year with some some fresh blood, um, you know, running the team. So we'll see how that plays out. On the National League side, um, I mean, I hate to say this, but pretty much I think it has to go through the Mets, at least for right now, just because of everything they've done in the off season. So I'd look at the, the Mets taking the East St. Louis, taking the central, the Dodgers taking the West. And then my wild card team would be uh, the Phillies, Padres and Braves. So not too far off from everybody else there. The only thing I would say is if any of those teams from either, you know, either league falter, I I look at, um, you know, the Cubs as being a, a dark horse contender to be able to sneak into the playoffs and if something really, you know, crazy happens in the AL East, I still think that the Orioles have a chance to sneak in. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. You know, again, they're still a developing team, but with the AL East being so stacked, who knows what will happen. Um, so, and then I, I would have to say, you know, it's it's very close, but I think the, the Mets could take the National League and, of course, the Astros, the American League. So you'd be looking at a New York-Houston series. I won't go any farther than that. Yeah, <laughs> I think you got a lot of happy people in this room. Well, fifty percent. We got the yeah, fifty percent of us are really excited so about your picks. So, yeah. <laughs> the White Sox, Astros, and Mets all in there. Yeah. So uh, 
Is he is he playing off of everyone in the chat now? No, yeah, right. <laughs> no care about that. As are just his picks. No, I agree. Like I said, and for mine, well, like one of the reasons is there's always those teams that sneak in that you don't expect. So that's why I chose Rangers, um, Rays, and that's why I know some of you guys made some picks. Is you can easily come on here and say every team is going to make it again that made it last year, but that's the boring pick. You know what I mean? You want to always pick a team that's going to surprise people. And that that's what's so fun about these picks. And it'll be great to go back throughout the year and see where we go. First half of the season, all-star break. You know what I mean? Uh, after a big signing that a team makes, as we continue to do this weekly, uh, it'll be great to see how our mindset changes throughout the season and with injuries and everything. Um, so our last topic is Phil's topic, and this one. Whoa! Oh, he was going to go past Justin. Go. Oh, you didn't get to, didn't get to go. Oh, I my bad, Justin. Go ahead of myself. Go Sorry, ahead, Justin. Justin. We're moving on. I figured it was. I didn't even put Mets at number one at all. <laughs> I forgot we got you on that one. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. So, uh, for the for the American League, um, yeah. Obviously, Astros number one seed clearly. Then I got number two seeds, the Yankees. Three is the Marlins. Uh, then Guardians, uh, Baltimore. Marlins, <laughs> Marlins changing Astros. interdivision play there. Yeah, yeah. I'm and, and winning that division. No, 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 no. I didn't say winning. They're in there. <laughs> They're like one of my wild card spots, basically. I think you meant the Guardians. What did I say? So the Marlins. Marlins. Oh, the Marlins. my bad. I, I meant the Guardians. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Is Jeter coming back? He's coming yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. My bad. So, yeah, the Guardians, then Baltimore, then White Sox. Just thinking in there. Um, but then, yeah, so I've got the Mariners taking the White Sox. Um, and then I've got the Guardians taking Baltimore, obviously. And then that goes into the Yankees and, and Mariners. Um, I, yeah, I think the Yankees take that series again. And then we've got uh, the Guardians and the Astros. Obviously, Astros takes that. And then Mariners. And then Astros goes to the World Series again. Um, then National League, I've got uh, – I got Philly as the number one seed. And they've, they've done too much this offseason not to be – not to take that number one – like to not be able to take that number one seed from the Dodgers. I, I just I just see that. Um, number two, um, I've got Padres. They had a very good offseason. I think uh, Juan Soto comes back and, and helps them out. Um, tremendously this whole entire season. Three, I got the Mets at three. Um, four, Braves. Uh, five, Dodgers. And six, Cardinals sneaking in there. Um, that Cardinals and Cubs division, that's going to be tough. I Like we were talking about a little bit before the podcast, Rick disagrees, but me and Charlie think the Cubs could easily sneak in and take it away uh, from the Cardinals with just the addition of Trey Mancini alone. I think it's solid. It solidifies their team a little bit more. Their pitching staff is better than what they give credit for. Um, Marcus Stroman has consistently put up, a, you know, a three ERA for the past three, three, four seasons. Um, he was a little hurt last year. Um, I think Stroman has a very strong season. Plus, they're getting Hendricks back. I think he comes back strong. I, I, I think that Cubs team is very, very scary. Um, but just right now, I don't have them in there. We'll have to see how they play. Um, but yeah, after that, then I've got, of course, Mets taking the Cardinals. I've got the Braves taking the Dodgers. And then you've got Philly and the Braves. Obviously, Philly takes that series, in my opinion. Um, Mets, Padres. I think Mets beat up on the Padres from last season um, as a payback. Um, then we've got a Mets and Philly. And then Philly takes that. And Philly goes to the World Series and wins it in five games. Uh, <laughs> that's what I think is going to happen. But that's mine. <laughs> 
No, I kind of like that because it's different. I mean, everyone's the easy pick is the Astros. You know, it's yeah. the easiest yeah. one to do. Saying and Philly is scary. I mean, they 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 got better in their bullpen. You know what I mean? They got better at shore. I mean, there's definitely they got better everywhere that they needed to fix. <laughs> they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree. But and who knows if the Marlins make the playoffs, she'll look like a superstar. Bro, if the Marlins <laughs> make the playoffs, I'm never watching baseball again. <laughs> if the Marlins win the AL Central, that'd be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> they throw them in Halfway like through. hardest one. <laughs> My favorite would be we get an announcement like a couple weeks that they're rewatching <laughs> the divisions and the Marlins are now in the American League Central. <laughs> yeah, Chisholm retires. He's like, I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> How Cantra quits. <laughs> Hey, I think you were just flustered because I ended up skipping you on accident because I just assumed you had Mets, <laughs> Mets, Astros, and <laughs> it's just no it's like Mets and Astros in every conclusion. game, every every game, wild card, the like the divisional series. It's just Mets, <laughs> Mets and Astros the entire time. <laughs> I love it. Uh, last topics, Phil's topic. Oh, wait, I need to make sure. Did we all get get our answers in? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think we did. Thank God. <laughs> um, yeah, last topic is Phil's. This is this is a, a real another really good topic. This is uh, the Hall of Fame announcement is going to be made on uh, I think it's January twenty fourth. When I spoke to Phil, he he confirmed this for me. Um, he wants to know who are you choosing for your Hall of Famers um, if you're if you're doing those votes, and do you think anybody for their first year um, actually makes it, or would you choose anyone on their first year of the ballot? Um, let's, uh, start off with Phil, this being his topic. Let's have Phil go first on who he would choose. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's, it's tough. There's, uh, nobody that I think is just a slam dunk, right? It's, it's the point that we're at anymore, unless you have that superstar player that has, uh, <clears throat> nothing in his background that suggests he did anything but play baseball the right way then you're going to run into some struggles. But but really, I looked at um, Scott Rowland. I think he's probably got the best chance of all the people from previous, right? He had, what, 63% um, of the votes last year. So he was the highest player. You need 75% to get in. Um, I think he's just going to finally get rewarded for his defense, right? His offense, his offensive numbers were were solid. Um, you know, he was, uh, he was a good player for a long time, but I think that to make the hall of fame, it would be partly because of the stellar defense that he played at third base. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the scary thing becomes, if you agree with that, then Todd Helton, who was second, you know, the second highest vote getter last year, he's right there with some, some numbers are better than Roland. Um, and then you've got Jeff Kent who, you know, his, his, um, Overall numbers are better than Rollins. You know, he's the home run leader for second baseman. He was an MVP winner, um, but this is his last chance. So if he doesn't get in this year, then um, he'll have to get in through the back door, if you will. So, and then when it comes to, you know, the people first year um, ballot players, I, I don't see anybody getting in, but I, I could see, um, you, you know, some decent amount of votes for Carlos Beltran. Um, and, and I think that, that uh, Francisco Rodriguez can get some decent votes just because of his stellar performance, you know, during his prime time. So, um, yeah, just kind of wondering what everybody else's thoughts are. Real quick before uh, we go to either Justin or Charlie as the next one in their ballot, do you think, Phil, personally, that 
Ken's numbers were aided by uh, batting. I think he batted before, but I'd have to double check. Uh, had a Barry Bonds. Since from 1997 to 2002, he was in the same lineup as Barry Bonds. Well, I mean, that's any player. Every player, you know, batted next to, you know, if they were potentially Hall of Fame contender, they batted next to or near a star player. Um, the one thing I would tell you is, you know, in, in 2000, Jeff Kent beat out Bonds for the MVP. So he beat out his own teammate. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. And that's what right? I wanted to bring up. So, so again, I, I think that I, I just look at it as far as second baseman go, where he... Um, you know, he has a lot of strong points that say he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, plus he didn't get along with Bonds, so that might uh, put a feather in his cap for a lot of fans. I know what it does for me. I, I'll go and say I was never a Bonds fan. So um, that's one of the things I always liked about Jeff Kent is he kind of stood up for himself and he didn't uh, take any of the arrogance of that player, right? Whether it was right or wrong, I don't know, but. He also didn't save uh, a kid from getting uh, getting into a collision at home plate in the 2002 uh, World Series. That was JT Snow. So, um, Charlie, thoughts on the Hall of Fame bracket? Yeah, I, I mean, I mostly agree. I think uh, a player you didn't mention that I think has got a chance to get in is Billy Wagner. Um. I mean, he was just so dominant out of the bullpen for so many years. I think he's got a kind of a decent chance to maybe get in there. Um, a player, I, th- I think eventually that that should get in there, but I, I don't know if he's going to get in this year. Would be Manny Ramirez. Um, I just think he was so dominant in his his years um, in Boston, and, and you know, all he, uh, you know, really his whole career was pretty. You know, he's just a fun player to watch, and I, you know, I'd like to see him eventually get in. Um, I know he kind of maybe had some off the field issues, but um, mm-hmm. so we'll see what, you know, what, if maybe that would, would hinder him from getting in. Um, Rick, I know you were going to talk about Bobby Abreu, so I'll leave that for you. Um, in terms of first year players, there's a lot of players who, who had, you know, high peaks, but then never really had like, in my opinion, like great sustained careers. And, you know, really deserve to be in there. Um, in terms of first year players, I think Carlos Beltran again, like, you know, do we, do we let him in? I know he was a part of a couple different scandals. Um, obviously on the, on the 2017 Astros team. Um, so just, you know, so it, it'll be interesting to see if he gets in. Um, and then I think, I think Jared Weaver got, uh, kind of an outside shot of maybe getting in. He was he was really good too. So those are those are my picks. When you kind of look at the the cheating scandal, it, this is the problem I have with the Hall of Fame. Just real quick before we get to Justin, is when you say that they can't make it in, and they've never physically said because of steroids, that's why people aren't. We do we just know it as fans that that's why they're not getting in. But if you're going to say that Carlos Beltran isn't going to make it because of being part of that 2017 Astros team. The Yankees cheated at that same time. So did Boston. And I get it. There's different, different, like, I think I've talked to this about Phil where the, um, the Astros were asked to stop and they kept continually doing, okay, whatever. But you can't take one and say it's okay and have somebody make it from a different team that did the same thing and then say, no, you can't. You know what I mean? For the same thing. Well, and the, the rumor is that Beltran brought the system over from New York when he came to the Astros. So, so you I mean, think that does them in regardless? 
Um, we'll see. I, I just think that that will will prevent him from being a first ballot at the at the least. That'll make that'll prevent him from being a first ballot. And we'll see if eventually, you know, because he was only I mean, I think he was only on that Astros team for one year. So so we'll we'll see. Um, but it'll, it'll, to me, it'll be more interesting when you get further down the line and, you know, look at a guy like Altuve. Are people going to go after Altuve for that one year? Um, even though he had a stellar career otherwise. So you're saying, so he brought that over, like how to steal. Um, what did he actually bring over? Just so you well, that was, that was the rumor is that he was, I don't know, one of the, one of the starters of the, the sign stealing and that he got the idea from his time in New York. Okay. I will play devil's advocate with you just, just because just, just, just for sake of argument, he's not the first person to sign steel. And I guarantee there's people no. who did it or brought it in so, that, that the, are in the hall of fame. So I'll say the other thing too, is he got caught when he was a coach, what he should be doing as a coach should not affect his, his player ability, his player votes. That's he, he was playing. That's totally different. If you didn't catch him then too bad, like you can't say he was doing it. You know, that that's just kind of how I feel about it. All right, Justin, go ahead. I took I took a bit of your time. Oh no, you didn't. No, you didn't. That's fine. Um, you got say, your topic again, or you got your answer. At least I get, at least I get to go this time. <laughs> you know that's kind of nice. <laughs> uh, no, um, I got a couple players that I think will end up at some point. Um, because I still feel like this ballot's pretty pretty light. Like, yeah, there's some great yeah. players in there, like Scott Rowland, Jimmy Rollins, Tory Hunter. Yeah, they're great, but it's still kind of weak. You know, they didn't. I feel like they don't have like these huge record breaking, you know, that they, they always talk about, but no, I have Hunter Rollins, Roland, Helton, Andrew Jones at some point, I hope gets in just, you know, old nineties Braves fan. <laughs> then me really wants him to get it. He never had the career that he should have had in my opinion, but, um, but then if there's anyone that I can choose for the first rounder, it'd be Weaver or Kane or maybe even K rod. Yeah. I just think that, the whole thing with Beltron, unfortunately, I think is going to screw him over and he's not going to be able to get in. Same thing with Manny, his, you know, how he acted on and off the field. He's, and he's been linked to other cheating, not really cheating, but like, I think he was linked to steroids at some, some point too, or some sort yeah. of bad issue or something. So I, it's, I don't think he's going to make it either. Um, but I couldn't pick an any more horrible person for that to happen to. So I'm okay with that one. Uh, but other than that, uh, he was fun to watch a hundred percent, but, um, but yeah, that's that's what's going to happen to him. Um, for me, I'm going to take all debating out on steroids, PEDs, and cheating scandals, and I'll we'll handle that on a different episode of the podcast because that can take a whole hour conversation mm-hmm. with all of us with a varying opinion. I would go based off of stats and what I think and what's actually going to happen because we know the A Rod, Manny Ramirez, Andy Pettit. Um, Carlos Beltran, they're not making it. I can already tell you, it's it's they're not going to get voted in just because of the the baggage that they bring. Um, so I'm just going to go picks based off of numbers. First of all, A Rod's a 14 time All Star, uh, 140 OPS plus over his career. Um, if you're going to let David Ortiz in, you have to let in A Rod. You can't just pick and choose. I, I think he was bush league. He did a lot of questionable things on and off the field. Um, and I, I personally, I don't think he was good for any sort of clubhouse. I think he was a prima donna. Uh, but with stats, it's hard to argue he's a Hall of Famer. Um, and he did his time. I mean, he was popped, I believe, for steroids, and he did do the time for it. So he missed seasons or a season, if, uh, if I'm correct on that. 
Uh, Roland for me is a Hall of Famer. Um, already really good numbers. He was plagued by injuries and still put up a pretty good career. Um, he's had an increase from 10.2 in 2018 to 63.2 in 2022. Uh, he's a seven-time All-Star Rookie of the Year, eight gold gloves and a silver slugger, and he's top 15 in third baseman and home runs, RBIs, and slugging percentage. His peak was one of the best with averaging about 25 home runs and 100 RBIs in five seasons. And uh, only Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez had a better war from 1997 to 2004. Um, Beltron, nine-time All-Star, I believe you should get into. Silver Sluggers, three gold gloves. Uh, he hit 300 four times in his career, slugged over 510 times. Um, I mean, his numbers are there. He is one of 39 players with 1,500 runs in RBIs, and he ranks 34th in uh, total bases. I mean, he had a great eye at the plate. He could hit for power, steal bases, and if needed, let's not forget he could flash the leather. So, um Interesting one, Todd Helton. He's a five-time All-Star, won a batting title, uh, three gold gloves, four silver sluggers. He batted over 312 times in his career. Um, He was 33% better than the average player throughout his career, and he had a 61.8 war. Um, There is the Coors Field effect, so we can't say that his numbers were better away from Coors Field. Um, But there are players who didn't do well playing in Coors Field. I know they're few and far, um, but – you know, he, this guy batted, you know, four, or this guy had a 415 uh, average with runners on base, a 330 of batted balls in play throughout his career. And he could play defense, you know, in a position where it's not known for defense. I mean, just go back and look at Helton's numbers. I, I mean, I get it. It's in Coors Field, so you're going to see inflated numbers, but you don't get to choose. Was he going to say, no, I don't want to play in Coors Field? I don't, I mean, you still have to put up the numbers. There's guys who didn't do it. So, uh, I don't think you can hold that against them. Billy Wagner, I do agree, should be in the Hall of Fame. Look at his ERA. He only tra- trails ERA and ERA plus um, in the live baseball era or the modern live baseball era. The only person better was Mariano Rivera. He had a lower than one whip throughout his career, 0.8 home runs per nine. Uh, this guy was a stud, and he had 422 saves in 903 innings. He only had 601 hits given up, and he sh- he struck out almost 1,200 in that same time frame, and he never had an ERA above three. Um, like I said, he recorded nine 30 uh, save seasons and 400 strikeout seasons for reliever. So, um, and the, I have uh, three more, and I'll get to my big one at the end. I'll try to short. <laughs> uh, but I got Andrew Jones. Everybody gets in. No, it's not Oprah. everybody, but there's just a lot Oprah. of guys, I believe, and it's just the baggage of the steroid yeah. era we're just seeing because Andrew Jones has 10 gold gloves. How are you going to put somebody in like Ozzie Smith um, but not put in Andrew Jones, who is one of the best center fielders of all time defensively? I mean, Andy could hit, and I get it. He's part of the steroid era, but, again, we'll debate on that another day. Manny Ramirez, same reason as A-Rod, I mean – crazy numbers throughout that era. Um, and then I'll go to my big one. See, I cut those two short, so it wasn't as bad. <laughs> Last one for me is Bobby Abreu. Um, I, this is a big one for me, and I will fight tooth and nail that Bobby Abreu should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he reached base more safely than t- uh, in his career than Tony Gwynn, had a higher OPS and twice as many home runs as Gwynn. He had more doubles than Gwynn. He ranks in the top 10 among right fielders and OPS. Uh, I'm sorry, on base percentage, walks, stolen bases, extra base hits, and doubles. His career war is higher than 11 Hall of Fame right fielders. He has the same OPS plus as Dave Winfield, Roberto Clemente, 
and Carl Yastrzemski. Um, there are only six players in history who've had 25, uh, sorry, 250 home runs and 400 stolen bases. Ricky Henderson, Craig Biggio, and Joe Morgan are all in the Hall of Fame. Bonds should be. And the other two are Bobby Bonds and Bobby Abreu. Um, and just if you look at his peak from uh, 1998 to 2009 when he played, he played in more games than anyone else. He was second in walks, second in doubles, third in stolen bases, sixth in extra base hits, and seventh in hits. I mean, the guy had a fantastic career. I think the reason people don't don't look to him is he wasn't feared. That was that was a great point by Charlie. Like they don't. Before we had talked before the podcast, he just said it's not one of those guys that like Frank Thomas, uh, Bonds, you know. Um, I mean, even going back to Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, those guys were all feared. He Nobody says, oh, man, Bobby Abreu, that guy. Well, man, was he dominant. He was just so consistent for, for so long. He, he, I just believe he should be in the Hall of Fame. When you compare him to other Hall of Famers, I think he should be in. But, um, thoughts, closing thoughts on that Hall of Fame before I went on my tangent about Bobby Abreu? <laughs> I think just to kind of – to add to it like we were talking about earlier um a lot of the times these hall of fame voters they're not really voting on numbers they're voting on who made a bigger impact like like who brought them more viewership it feels like you know maybe in the old days it started off very pure and to be able to get that but nowadays it's all about what did they do for me in their time you know i don't feel like it's anything to do with the fans nothing to do with their numbers it's how many how much money they made them and you know unfortunately and I think that's just how it is. And if you cross them, let's say you quote unquote cheated, they're not, they're not going to touch you. They're not going to touch it. Cause they're, you didn't do it purely. You didn't pure, you didn't do it the way they wanted you to do it. Um, so that's just kind of how I feel about the hall of fame. <laughs> I think it's kind of a joke nowadays anyway. Yeah. I think so too. I mean, you, you had baseball turn a blind eye during the steroid era. And now they're saying you can't get in for doing it, but they were solely responsible for bringing fans back to the game. So uh, baseball ignored it, and now they're like, "Oh, by the way, sorry, you can't get in because you didn't do it the right way." So, well, remember, it's the voter, it's the writers that vote the players in, yeah, right? True. So, really, if you want to appease the uh, the players, you're you're going to have to bypass how they treated the writers when they that's were true. on the beat, right? So, that's the payback for the PEDs. These writers for years were were trying to talk about it, and the players would never acknowledge it. Well, now it's time for them to get acknowledged for their their feats, and the writers aren't doing it. So, last hot take is any. This is just my opinion. Any writer who physically doesn't put anyone on their ballot, like I've seen people send them in blank. <laughs> I think that's a super disrespectful. They're not even doing anything with them. They're just sending them in. Um, I get if you don't think there should be anyone on there, but they're doing it consistently now. And you can't tell me with the numbers that nobody belongs in the Hall of Fame. Like you guys said, I mean, a lot's taking in the PEDs and is affecting it, but there's people sending in blank ballots, just completely blank. Yeah. We just remember off like 15 players that could potentially be in and for them to say nope, not a single person on that list deserves it is is a little ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're closing that hour mark. I, I thought that Hall of Fame one when I looked at how much I had written down, I was like, man, it's going to take a half hour on its own. But 
Uh, last <laughs> Maybe we should skip you next time, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe on that one, probably. Maybe she just to go first from now on and get it that way. <laughs> it just like the Hall of Fame, most of my content is based off historical stuff. So I just have very, yeah. very Detailed. takes on some of these guys when I've, you know, done videos with their numbers and see how well they performed. And, and the Hall of Fame is not clean. I don't care what anybody says. You can throw a character clause, but. There's people who did things that are in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah. Uh, last last thoughts. We're gonna let Justin go first, so I don't skip him. <laughs> um, no, nothing. I mean, uh, yeah, actually, we had big news. Obviously, it's back there. Uh, how? What do you guys think of that? I think it's hilarious. Uh, that they're gonna pay him two hundred and sixty million <laughs> at the end of it. I think that's absolutely insane. Uh, so how do you guys feel? <laughs> Any any thoughts on them? I just want to know who inspected them because you have two two <laughs> teams who are like, yeah, there's clearly something wrong. Oh no, the third the one Mets. that's like, ah, we can get them on, we can get them a bit cheaper. Well, it's, apparently, uh, apparently the Mets used the same doctor that San Francisco did. I don't believe it. That's that's what came out. Apparently, that's what Carrera said. Was it? <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. And, but but, but don't about? worry. Don't worry, guys. His heart was in Minnesota this entire time. Don't worry about that. That's so cringeworthy. <laughs> Nobody's heart's in Minnesota. Yeah, have fun. Clifford's <laughs> frozen there. <laughs> Charlie's, Charlie's like, in Minnesota. <laughs> Him and Mornow. No, it was, a, it, was a very, it was a very Minnesota move, in my opinion. Um, I mean, like you said, like with this injury, how many years are they going to get with him healthy? Yeah. I don't think they're – I mean, I think they'll get three before they try to – move him to a different position, third base, first base, DH, something. Um, I don't know. That's it, we've, talked, we've talked about it before. How many of these big contracts work out, especially when you already know he's got an injury. And that's like 90% of the reason these big contracts don't work is injury. Yep. So <laughs> when you know he's got an injury and you still give him the big contract, <laughs> it, to me it just doesn't make sense. Um, but we'll see. I mean, to me, it did, I mean, Carlos Correa, in my opinion, the, the, the best, like his best attribute is his postseason play. Um, he just turns it onto another level when he gets into the postseason. So to me, it was really weird that he didn't find a, a big postseason team to play on. Cause that's, I mean, that's where he makes his money. So to go to the twins, a team that hasn't won a playoff game in 20 years to me, didn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I also think it's super funny that Justin's blocking the one team he is on and showing the other two. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, now he moves, but the entire time mm. blocking the. Two. Hey, it's a reveal at the end. You know what I mean? It's a reveal. He's with Minnesota now for some reason. <laughs> and Minnesota does like spending money on injury-prone players. Are we forgetting Buxton. Yep. So, I mean, it's just I don't Buxton Mauer. Yeah. They just, they don't, yeah. even the, don't as good as Mauer was, but yeah. <laughs> injury history doesn't have any effect on who they sign. Uh, Charlie, last thoughts? Um, I just want to go real bit, real quick back. I mean, we talked about them for a little bit, but the Cubs moves recently, I they've really just confused me. Um, they seem to be willing to spend like a decent amount of money and like maybe you're trying to be competitive less next year. Um but then they let, they let their franchise catcher walk. And that to me was the most confusing thing. Like a fan favorite catcher, you let him walk. And not only that, but sign with your biggest rival. 
Um, to me, that it just their their moves are confusing to me. They're signing a bunch of players who, in my opinion, are probably a little bit past their prime for pretty pretty large contracts, like that Bellinger deal, seventeen million dollars for one year. Um, I I just their moves have really confused me. Um, and so just want to see what you guys thought about that. It, I mean, I just, I don't, uh, the reason why we were stating earlier, I don't think they make the playoffs and don't get me wrong. I think they could be a dark horse team to make it. I mean, there's just too much, too many intangibles that we can't write. It's why we don't hand out championships on paper. Just, we always have that team who sneaks in, but I, they're just like Boston right now. They're letting core players go and then signing guys who don't make any sense. They're fillers. Don't get me wrong. I think, like you said, Bellinger is going to have a decent season there. Um, you got Hosmer, who's, like I said, a little out of his prime. You get rid of your your star catcher, like you said, and their pitching staff, for me, just is fillers. You know, they're just nobody really strikes fear like uh, the Brewers do. You know, or or the I think the Cardinals even have a better pitching staff. Could they sneak in? Obviously they could, but I just for me I don't see them being more than an eighty win team, and I just don't like these these bigger market teams like Boston, Chicago, claiming that they can't spend the money and then they spend it, but they just spend it on these these contracts that don't make sense. Well, yeah, to me it's like if they're fillers, why are they so such expensive fillers? Mm-hmm. Um, like if that's really what you're going for, if you're, you know, okay, we need to buy a, a center fielder this year because we're still on a rebuild or whatever. Why do you spend $17 million on your filler center fielder? Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that's I just, confusing. I, I just don't, I don't know what they're doing. Like, are they, re, are they still rebuilding or do they think they're competitive? Because like letting your franchise catcher go indicates to me, you're still rebuilding, but then the signings they've made, make it seem like they want to be competitive. And so to me, like that's been the confusion. Maybe they're switching divisions to the American League Central where the Marlins are headed. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> where the Marlins are going. Maybe they'll all just be in that same division. But no. Yeah. Um, Justin's never going to live that one down. That, good. Marketing good. That shirt. No, that's going to be my next picture next week. I'm going to have the Marlins are moving up here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I think to compare it to a little bit to Boston is a little, uh, a little harsh. Um, cause Boston literally let everyone go and then sell, sign Raphael Devers to some crazy deal that makes no sense. I don't understand that one, Good point. but then lets everybody else go where the Cubs. Yeah. They, they were not good last year and they have improved with those signings. Yeah. They may, they may have overpaid, which they did, but they did get better. That's the difference. In my opinion, they are, I think, I, I, I think they go 85, 90 wins next, next, this season coming up. Um, I think they're a little bit more competitive, then people are going to give them credit for. And I think that's what's going to do it is I think a lot of these teams are going to come in there. I think they're going to roll over the Cubs and they're going to find out real quick. No, they're not. Um, but I still, yeah, I still don't think they take it away from Cardinals or anything. I still think it's Cardinals division. Um, but yeah, I, I just think the Cubs had a lot stronger of an off season than people give them credit for. And I think they will be a little intimidating. Now the point of overpaying for Bellinger, Bellinger, Bellinger is going to fill your seats a little bit. Dan's or Dan's response is going to fill your seats a little bit. Um, I think that's more of a money grab for, you know, get people into the ballpark more than anything. Um, because I'm just saying, I'd love to see Bellinger swing a smash a home run. I probably won't. I probably have to go to 32 games to see that, but I may luck out and go and do the first one. Um, but yeah, when I go to Chicago to see when the Mets come, I'm there to see Bellinger hit one. I don't even care he's playing the Mets. I want to see Bellinger smash one. <laughs> as long as he doesn't hurt himself. Hey, if I'm there for that, that'll work too. <laughs> And to counteract your point, I don't think the Cubs need 
to sign anybody to draw. They're one of the consistent draws. So, I mean, I get it. I get what you're saying, but yeah, they consistently, I mean, they, my, my parents were huge fans of them and they always sold out no matter what team they put out on the field because you have a nostalgic place like Wrigley field. Um, I personally don't like it, but I mean, go there to see it. It's part of history. I say, and I think with like every, like I said, with every team playing every team, yeah. Like Justin's saying, he doesn't, uh-huh. he's going to go see a game because it's in Chicago. If you live anywhere near yeah. Wrigley and your team plays in Wrigley, you're going to go to the game. Um, so I don't, I don't see like if, if your reason for signing players is to get put, you know, seat, your seats filled, I don't think that the Chicago Cubs are that, that kind of team uh-huh. in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it's for me, it just kind of makes sense because I mean, I went to a Cubs game last year empty. Almost completely empty. Really? Yeah. It, it, there, there was maybe. I mean, given maybe not empty, but you know, you could look around a ballpark and tell it's not full, but there could be a thousand, two thousand people in there. You know what I mean? Where they can hold thirty-three thousand, it's going to look like nobody. You know, that's the kind of game I walked into. It was a seven p.m. game, like, and it was just nothing. Mm-hmm. There was no one. the 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 busy part was the outside. Oh, no one was in there with the game. So well, I was going to say. um on that is that their bleachers are you always usually packed because you get those um you get people doing what do they call them the snakes with the cups out in the outfield oh yeah yeah <laughs> but all right phil any last words I mean, we should probably touch base something i forgot in the beginning is i should have phil talk a little bit about himself i'm being pretty forgetful oh, yeah. podcast so phil <laughs> well we, we've had all these conversations tell us a little bit about help your ipad doesn't work um <laughs> Well, first, just just real quick to follow up on what Charlie was bringing up, I, I would tell you, I think you know, as a as a fan of the National League Central, right, I'm forced to because my team is in that division, I would tell you, I, I feel like the Cubs moves, it's it's all the Ricketts family, like they're the Cubs fans are are very bitter, you know, after winning a World Series and. You look at it six years later and there's nothing left, right? So they're just throwing stuff at the, at the wall to see what sticks. And yep. they have to get big names in to be able to bring those fans to the ballpark so that, you know, Justin's able to go to a game with more than 10,000 people in attendance. Um, <laughs> but also, you know, they have to try to make it appear like they're contending because again, just like the American League Central, you know, you don't have to portray that much to be a contender in those divisions um, just with the East and the West divisions for both league being so stacked. So I really feel like it's, it's ownership just going out and getting names to try to appease the fan base until they figure out what they're doing. Um, and, and then as far as myself, I, I mean, you know, um, I, I've known Rick and Justin for a long time, just a long time baseball fan, sports fan in general, but obviously baseball fans. So um, I just like to think is uh, I've been to games in the uh, 80s, 90s, 2000s, the 10s and the 20s, right? So I hopefully can bring a little bit of a perspective of somebody who's been a baseball fan for a very long time to what we talk about here. So Now, lastly, your topic. Do you have a last one that you want to touch base on? Something? No, really, that's it. Just kind of following up on what Charlie brought up. I think that's a good way to end it for me. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining and watching. Hit the uh, subscribe and like so we can continue to grow. Um, again, probably in the next couple of weeks, we may be doing a live one, getting more fan interaction uh, once we build up more uh, 
more subscribers, and we'll see you guys next week. See ya. Later.